having a church that acts united, not just simply like we all agree on the right doctrine, we agree this is true, but we live it out together is important. You you need that kind of unity, you, or you need a unity that, that encompasses that kind of life together uh, in order to really experience, I think, the fullness of speaking the truth in love. Welcome to Through the Bible Together, a production of International Baptist Church Cologne. Our aim is that this weekly content will stimulate conversation and meditation on God's Word. Hello and welcome to Through the Bible Together. My name is David Martin, and I'm a pastor at the International Baptist Church of Cologne, and I'm here today with our other pastor, Jonathan Douglas. So, hello, Jonathan. Hi, good morning. And uh, this morning we'd like to take time to uh, talk about the sermon that we just heard uh, yesterday afternoon at, at, our, at our afternoon service. Uh, Jonathan, you took the church through Ephesians chapter 4. Do you want to give us a bit of a, a quick overview of what that uh, sermon was about? Yeah, we are finishing up our series through what it is to be the church here in this world, like the church's mission. And so yesterday was really... From Ephesians 4, that well-known passage, verses 11 through 16, where it talks about the functioning of the body and how yeah, how the church is called together into ministry. And it was a lot about trying to encourage our church just to, to dedicate their, their lives, their time, to um, what, what Jesus has left them on earth to do. So just breaking down what, was, uh, what we shared about, what you shared about yesterday, uh, I want to back up to the beginning that you really wanted to you took time to take the church back to Ephesians chapter 1 to talk about the kingdom picture. Talk to me a little bit about why that was such an important, uh, I guess, framework that you wanted to set that sermon in. Yeah, I, I was maybe react. Well, first of all, I seen it in the text. I was uh, seeing it more and more just as I kind of was reading through Ephesians in preparation, like kind of just getting ourselves back. Because we're jumping all over at the moment in this series, so being, being you know, in one text... Understanding what the Bible is saying in its context is important to us, right? So I seen it there, and then I was I was just reflecting on how Paul took them, you know, as teaching the church. He doesn't start from what, how maybe we would share the gospel, or how you know modern Christianity kind of just frames what the Christian message is, which is basically Jesus has come to forgive you your sins, so you can avoid heaven, or you can avoid hell <laughs> to get it the right way around, or you can avoid hell and get to heaven, right? We we. I was seeing that the the whole timeline of the Bible is a lot about Jesus's rulership, God's rulership, what he deserves, what he doesn't have, and uh, him being a victor and it being his victory at the end. And um, I just think that our, maybe the way we kind of summarize things is a bit, it's redundant. It, it doesn't provide the resources of motivation and, and you know, kind of driving us to, to mission. I don't, I don't see that because it's a lot about what I get. And as long as I just make it to the end, then I get his, I get heaven, right? Mm. So, yeah, that's great. And uh, one of the things that was uh, brought out in this is you also referenced First uh, Peter chapter four, which is the same idea to give people understanding of uh, we're in the context of what God has been doing from the beginning and what He is going to complete, what He's what He is working to complete, and. Um, what do you think we miss so often as a church community or as individual members when it comes to that? Uh, my participation in the church, in in the from the perspective of that kingdom view, what what do you think people really miss out on, or that they don't 
quite grasped often. I mean, Peter starts off saying, we are a people different than all of the people because we have hope. It like lifts us away up to like the blessings that, that we now have. We are, it, by you know, our very identity, we are blessed beyond every other person on this planet. And that's the same way as Paul talks, right, in Ephesians. Right. Starts off just celebrating what, what we now have because of this connection to this new this, this Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we, we kind of add Christianity to who we are and what we're doing and add church to our timetable and our week. I don't realize that we were changed. Right? A, a, a radical change happened at conversion. Yeah, amen. I think that is part of the answer. I also think there's just this understanding where we get caught up in the day-to-day so much where our time commitments to our local church, to being a member, begins to look more like a, like a, a bullet point that I have to check off my week. You know, did I do my Bible reading? Did I go to life group? Did I attend you know, the church service? And it's almost like what, I'm, what I need to input uh, into my participation as, as a even become more of like an obligation. And instead of seeing things as a privilege, I'm called into this. I'm equipped to be a part of something greater than myself, uh, to be a participant in something which is the epicenter of all of history. And so I think we lose sight of the bigger picture because we get caught up with the day-to-day grind and the, uh, the things we put on our, our list of things to do is you know completing the task for the week sort of thing. Yeah, I was, well, was going to ask about what you said about the, the use of our time was very much a, a secondary thought yesterday. It comes from, comes from like what these things we're talking about right now, just being understanding our full commitment, our full ownership, his full ownership of us, the new life he has being his life. And so I was interested just to hear how you, you that you just said kind of like a distinction there. You described how we view our time. I didn't get so much into those sorts of things yesterday. I was I was just wondering if you'd had further, more specific thoughts, how more helpfully we could view the application then of that use of our time. Maybe that's something we can we can deal with in a second. But no, I think it's good. It's something you actually um, spoke about briefly. It wasn't a main point, but something something you you glanced over even speaking yesterday, and that was. We, it's not. It's not viewing our participation in the church. I think we're so quick to view it as time invested. You know, how many hours a week do I give to my church, or some demand? You know, church. Maybe even there are some churches that kind of demand a certain amount. You know, expect something from people. And you have different people from all walks of life who are married or single, children or no children, a full-time job, part-time jobs, students, retired people. The list goes on and on. And so the demands in every individual is different for in every situation. And so it's not so much talking about what am, what's expected of me in terms of my participation in church. Uh, the, the bigger picture being that we worship God both with our time or in our time and with our money. That was the, the sermon that we heard uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But to say with what God has called me to in the sphere, you know, or in this place in my life or this time in my life with these responsibilities, these different things going on that define kind of how I live every day. Uh, what, how has God called me into that? Or how, how do I view those things as ministry or as worship to Him? Not just with community, but also in those day-to-day things. And so I think uh, a lot of times we get caught up with the demands. 
And this is something that's been, yeah, that I've been reflecting on even in the last few weeks as the demands in my, my job and the different responsibilities that I have in ministry are piling up. And I began to see things from, am I, you know, you can look at it as I have all these different categories and all the lists of things I have to do, which honestly can make you feel a little overwhelmed. It can stress you out if you start listing everything that you're supposed to get done for the week and mm-hmm. you just start feeling stressed, you start feeling it uh, kind of get to you and even affect your joy. And um, But we're really, the, the revelation, maybe that's a strong word, but what God kind of shared with me the last couple of weeks is every sphere that I'm called into, whether it's um, the ministry at my church, the ministry that we have, like for instance, our, the Aquila a ministry that we have for training leaders, or it's work that we have with the convention as we partner with other churches for church planting. All of those things come with a certain level of responsibility and a certain number of tasks that I have to fill. And you begin to feel overwhelmed if you just look at the tasks as something I have to do or I have to get done. And uh, I think what really encouraged me and what your sermon reminded me, uh, or at least the text that we we heard from last night reminded me was uh, we are called into relationship with Christ. We're called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are called into this, this joyous fellowship with him and with his people. And so sometimes that means that we're called to do things that are, are, are hard and they take up our time and they cost us time. They cost us money. They cost us, um, you know, even to die to certain relationships in order to formulate and cultivate new ones. And uh, it was really encouraging to me to remember that it is, about, it is about being called into participation with God as he builds his church. And if I'm called into a new sphere or someone has asked me, hey, can you come be a part of this? If it fits into what you know, I believe I'm, I'm called to do and God confirms that in my life, I'm not just simply adding a task to my life. I'm being invited into, uh, God is revealing to me more of what he is doing, and he's calling me to participate in that. And it's my responsibility to find out, you know, what is God calling me to do? uh, And what has he equipped me? What has he given me in order to accomplish that task? And so a bit of a long answer to your question, but that's uh, maybe in a reflection of the sermon Yesterday, as well as the greater, greater thing of what God is teaching me, and I think it go. It would be a good question to give back to you as the one who spent, you know, the last two weeks preparing this sermon and then delivering it. And obviously, there was more left off the table than than you prepared. And uh, what are some things that God showed you, or uh, maybe even confirmed in your life as you were reflecting on this text and reflecting on your role and relationship in the church? Yeah, I. You probably heard it from from yesterday but this just the very simple like idea that jesus has personally individually with care give me an individual like a a, a unique measure of grace because he has that that personal relationship his intent there's an intention behind jesus i don't see his face but his words tells me he's acting with very very intentionally in my life as he is in every christian and he's given me a specific amount and i'm and so I'm. I mean, I'm. You and I are the same, and that we now have a, a situation where we are employed by a church organization. You know, we we are the church, but we're also employed. And 
you know, you can you can see it like, you know, when, when we don't clock in and clock out, all of life kind of merges together and we lose all our boundaries as to when we're when we're operating in in according to our our our, our employment or even our calling. Mm. And when it's yeah, it's just life on life. And I quite like that about our church that I don't clock in. I don't have an office. My, I'm here for the community as I should be. And I've been given a more opportunity to do that because you pay, you know, you pay my salary. <laughs> I don't have to do it else uh, somewhere else and be away from the community but it, it reminded me I guess and so therefore for me it was a bit difficult that maybe most of our listeners are in the situation um how do they work out their time I have a different we have a different unique challenge but it did going back to that idea that Jesus has individually got an intention for me reminded me that I should care for that intention above all other plans that I might try and work into my day because I'm working on three or four things at once right we've got little bit of the woodwork I've got family I've got you know your your particular individual church programs and we've got we've got these new new plans even this podcast and the teaching and as you say it gets overwhelming but if if, if I remember Jesus's main desire for me then I, I have to submit my other wishes and how I'm planning my time to make sure I'm making the proper time giving the proper attention maybe even doing well in the in the areas that he in that in that core area that he has left for me, which is to equip the saints. Yeah, amen, amen. I think that's important. So, in so maybe fo- focusing in on that, uh, one thing that you said yesterday, which was good, right out of the text, you kind of summarized that, was that we are called to be together in the Word, but also we're called together in love, and so that kind of gives us the framework for what it means to participate in the church, not just participate in your life as worship to God, but actually how we give our time to the church. And so maybe we have certain ways in which we do that, both as, as um, pastors who are on staff, but also just as members of the church. Uh, maybe talk about some of those ways. What are some of those ways in your life that you engage in the community, both the in love portion, but also that we're it's with it's with and around the word of God. You mean like how, how we live our lives, basically, in 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 some of the meeting the challenges that, we, that one another are meeting, supporting them in whether they've had to move home or the, those sorts of things. You mean like the the intention behind it? Yeah. So it's it's just that. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So in terms of like how, how we live the life together, but then how we understand that the framework in which we live that life together is we speak the truth in love, as it says in Ephesians chapter 11. Uh, and that's, then that's a unique, every church is unique, every relationship is unique, but specifically to the life of an international church, or maybe even more specifically, the life of our international church. How is that for, in, for you kind of worked out? Uh, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I, I just think maybe one one little way just recently came to my attention, certainly coming back from our year away, was that we, there's so many people I don't know very well. And we have people coming into our community, and I'm in the community now, and even though we've come back, we, I still know enough to kind of get up to speed and just um, kind of reinitiate lots of contacts and begin planning things with one another. I can do that very easily and, and, and well because I have that. Uh, that history here but for new people coming in it's it's a new environment we we are you know, we're we're new strange community and so that 
intentionality of like moving out and meeting, trying to connect with somebody who's who's just moved to the area, finding out things that they don't know a church should provide for one another, like going going to the Amt with one another, or or you know as we just said, you move into a German home and there's no kitchen, there's no light fittings, there's no nothing, and you're a guy who's just there as a student for two years. So there's a lot of like structure, like normal everyday things that that. Yeah, you you don't have your family around you in international settings. So the church, as I think it should, it lives out its family uh, function. Uh, we have an opportunity, greater opportunity to do that. So I, I've uh, just reaching out to those people who are maybe coming in, don't really know us, drawing them in so that they understand the 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 love that we are to have for one another. But it also then you're 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 certainly I I realize I get such a short time with with the people I'd spend time with to make it as as uh, to try and not be just a one one way stream one way channel filling full of all the information that I can think of but I'm certainly trying trying to make sure that I'm I'm finding out where their where their walk is what are they what is their knowledge of the son of god what are they experience about Jesus what's their understanding of the, what is the you know their the understanding of the faith and trying since that is the goal that um, Paul points us to one of those parallel phrases, trying to help how I can contribute. And that's the truth aspect, right? Yeah, that's it. I think in the the church today, it seems that many people view their participation in the church from a very, at least from the Western church perspective, a very individualistic viewpoint in that I have my church and I go to that church because I like that preaching or that music or they have programs for my kids. And uh, it seems like Paul doesn't really approach church from that perspective. He doesn't have, he doesn't teach, you know, as, as we read Ephesians here, he doesn't really begin with, um, you know, what it is, what our preferences are. In fact, it seems to me that we die to a lot of that in order to discover and discern uh, how God is a calling and equipping us for the primary goal of of building His church. Any thoughts on that? I got sidetracked with one of the things you said. Unity is really, really key in that passage. You can come back to the question in a second. <laughs> but um, like the the unity, it's it's not just something that we're aiming towards. It's what we need now in order to be aiming towards it in in some way. It's it's both the goal and and, and one of the the environments that we are striving in. Without the unity, you, it's very hard. To, without the commitment to unity, it's there in the passage, right? It's it's, it's throughout that that Hebrew, that Ephesians 4. So, hmm. um, yeah, that's right. Well, you said it very clearly in your sermon. You said a mature church mm-hmm. is a united church. That's clearly direct out of the text. I think that's an important, that's an essential uh, principle to understand when it comes to really putting yourself now, now I have to, the individual has to say, okay, now in light of that truth, how do I see myself and my participation and my involvement as a as a as a piece of that that greater that bigger picture that bigger bigger yeah. uh, puzzle? Yeah, when you jump, so um, when you jump around with a goal to be served, the consumeristic attitude, which is like what I did, you know, at one point, I think I learned about participation receiving and giving and and here in in many ways and in a few of the churches i mean most of the time i was receiving from other people acting that way 
in in previous churches I was a part of hmm. before I came to Germany. But I've really, I've been taking steps here more than I've taken it elsewhere. You know, so it's a consumeristic thing. It's so there's so many good sermons out there on YouTube, and we're happy. Obviously, I I benefit from them. We're happy that other people do too. But you, that's only like one foot, or <laughs> it's a very lopsided experience. And, and we say, unless you're speaking the truth in love, not just hearing it, hearing the truth in love, which is we think how we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna grow whenever I get good sermons and I listen to good music. No, I'm, I'm gonna grow when I learn to be part of that, and I'm an active contributor as well as a receiver. So, uh, it's it's a big shift. It's it is a big shift. Yeah. And there's a part of you that you have to choose that you're dying to, um, to say, you know, I'm, I've come and I'm God and his providence has led me to this city. And in our context, it's a city that's in a country that's not my own, which predominantly speaks a language is not a language I grew up with. And so there's so many things you have to learn. And, it, and, and, and yet there's so much in that context that a local church has to offer, where as you come in, you're being served. I know for, from perspective from our church, when we have new people come in, even if they're only in town for 18 months or, or three years because they're on contract or they're a student, we want them to be, become part of our community as fast as possible. And we offer help, you know, whether it's helping them, like you said, at the OMPT. The OMPT is the, the bane of every, um, every expat's existence, having to go and register yourself in a city and all the paperwork or having to find an apartment or having to furnish it. You mentioned the kitchen. I had to laugh about that because most people don't realize when they move to Germany, at least, uh, you, you have to buy a kitchen and put it in. You get basically an empty room with a hole where the drain goes, and then you have to build your kitchen. And these are all surprising things. And having a church that acts united, not just simply like we all agree on the right doctrine, we agree this is true, but we live it out together is important. You you need that kind of unity, you, or you need a unity that, that encompasses that kind of life together mm-hmm. uh, in order to really experience, I think, the fullness of speaking the truth in love. And so if we're living in love and serving one another, then how much more eager are we when we gather around the word to want to understand what the text is teaching us, what scripture wants us to know, that we might know how to live that out even more like Christ. As, and I think it's a main thing is when it comes to uh, our time and worshiping God with our time and, and that speaking the truth in love, it all has a goal. Right, it's not just a perpetual thing that we are being together for the sake of together. And you made that very clear in your sermon that, in the end, it's a, the goal is that we are maturing and becoming like mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And we've been in, we've been seeing the role of evangelism in that as well as will will let us in that in that seminar, but also the 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 different initiatives into the city. It's this unity. It's I, I struggle a little bit with it as I was looking at the text. It was like there's no, there's no, there's not a lot of methodology in how to go out and share with your neighbor in the Bible, is there? I, I can maybe maybe you can correct mm. me, but I'm thinking of First Peter three. It's like be ready to share the reason for the hope that you have. You have the example of Paul going and and, but it's a lot of it's just assumed. I think there's more talk about how we deal with one another and all the struggles within the community. But I guess also Jesus said, when when the world sees the love that you have for one another, you'll, they'll know that you're my disciples. So it's um, 
Right. But yeah, it's we're That's learning. Right. We're learning to live that out. I still struggle, right, to to try and meet neighbors on anything other than just a hello, and then travel somewhere else in the city and meet with Christians and live that little bubble. It's good. You know, it's good. But it's how do you how do you reach your 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 context? It's yeah, and I think that's that's the other challenge. So you're moving into a new context, and by God's grace, we have a local church where expats can come in, and or at least English-speaking expats and our German-speaking internationals. We have our IGK, our our German-speaking international church that we planted. But people come in, and and that there's a great blessing that they can become part of a local community uh, to to experience the love of God, but also to share the love of God and to grow together in Christ. Uh, but then there's also the other side of that coin, the other side of, of Matthew 28, and that's the evangelism, as you just said, and, and equipping our church to be a light in our city. And so it's about that speaking the truth in love is about how we invest our time in the local church, but that speaking the truth in love also includes how are we to be Christ and to live out and to speak Christ with our neighbors who don't, uh, who don't know the Lord? and oftentimes don't want to or are not interested. And so I think uh, that really leads, leads me to this next part and really how you concluded uh, the sermon, which was really focusing on a particular, uh, a particular role that's in the church that's for the rest of the members. You want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, the, the leadership. It's funny because where I come from, the church pastor is called the minister <laughs> he does the ministry right he's doing the work of ministry but it's and I, and I think that yeah you've got the translations of the bible I think it's the King James that have little commas in that verse 11 there in, in chapter 4 which is unhelpful if you understand it to be meaning that the church the church minister <laughs> the the teacher apostles does the work of ministry does the building of the church and does you know does the equipping of the saints but uh, I think it's more accurate to see that as like a set of dominoes. The minister equips the saints, knocks over the next domino. They build up. They do the work of ministry, knocks over the final domino. The church is built up. So, oh, I think I like what we're doing. We're we're drawing people in, in very organic little ways, trying to build those connections, those contacts, um, and what how you have your family and and what you've what I've seen also from your from your 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 parent your your parents your dad drawing you into the family and church don't have to be two separate things right drawing them into the life living a life as a family as part of the church and if that's me according to the measure of my gift as a leader then, then I'm doing that as a family and as a part of the church amongst other people who are my brothers who I'm going to share eternity with you know I'm going to share all things with according to Romans 4 so I think we've built up a lot of traditions that are unhelpful. A lot of culture in kind of Western Christianity, at least, or what I know. Um, so I, I just enjoy what we're doing. We're learning a lot here at IBC Cologne. Um, and we're just, uh, we're, tr we're trying to get back to just the simplistics, the things that the Bible say, you know, say, and not everything else that we added to. Of course, this is a process, but... Um, yeah, we, we absolutely. Are, yeah. No, I think that's absolutely right, and I'm I'm excited to. Well, first of all, I would say I, I I really like what you said. As we think about our ministry or serving the Lord with our time outside of just the official 
uh, Sunday services and Bible studies and church activities. It really is a holistic, it's a life. You know, Paul says, I beseech you, uh, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. All of our life is worship. And that includes the time we spend with our kids and how we see that it's not like we have church life and family life, but our family life is about Christ. It's about his kingdom. Going back to the beginning of, of what you pointed out in the text from Ephesians 1, how Paul is building an, an understanding of life together from the perspective of the kingdom, uh, which God planned before, uh, before time and is working to complete for all of eternity, and that my, my family life, my church, the time I spend with my brothers and sisters in the church, how I live out my faith with my neighbors and colleagues and fellow students, whatever that looks like, is all part of that picture. And it begins to break down those, those compartmentalized walls that we so easily kind of build, uh, mostly to justify our selfish desire to use our time for us. Instead of saying, well, it's all about the kingdom. So even something as simple as what I do on Sunday versus you know me having a barbecue with my neighbors or even how I vacation, we view it from this perspective of we're still united. And we have to have a definition of unity in the body that encompasses you know all of life, you know, to the glory of God. And so I think that's really mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, and I mean growing growing the local leaders, developing local leadership is something that you focus on as well a lot. You keep kind of Yeah, you, yep. you, you get involved in it a lot, you talk about it a lot, so it's how we do that's then maybe we're improving, obviously, but that's something we yeah. Yeah, you can you can you can see what you can explain more of maybe what what you know what we hope for people who now we've got a couple of life groups we've got a couple of life group leaders but we really hope that everybody's serving in the capacity according to the measure of the gift and and that means there's going to be somebody who God's gifting for the next <laughs> to be the next equippers you know so you know how do you think maybe you could share a little bit about how you think we can best develop. Or encourage. Well, that's right. Well, again, the text teaches us that everyone has a grace that God has given them or a gift for building up the church. Specifically, God calls leaders, church leaders, and that definition of church leadership is those who are equipping and teaching people for the work of the ministry. And so that word ministry, uh, that's also teaching, but also living as an example, as we see in, in the New Testament. And one of the areas we're hoping to develop that is through uh, really focusing on leadership development this year. Uh, as elders, as we met at the beginning of the year to talk about what we want to focus on, one of the areas we really see is we need, there's a need to focus on developing more leaders. And uh, a lot of that is due to the fact that a lot of our leaders have been sent off to help minister in other areas. Uh, we had uh, really strong leaders that we sent off in 2018 and 19 to plant the church in Bonn. And then we turned around and sent uh, two of our elders uh, just this last year officially to uh, plant the church across the, the river there in Nippes, the International the International Gemeinde Köln, IGK. And so the more leaders you send out, you find yourself needing more leaders. And it's... Uh, and it, and we've already identified, we have those who are already serving at a capacity of leadership, or we recognize have that gift uh, to teach, uh, or a hunger to learn the word, and it's important that we, we focus on that. 
Now, we focus that at IBC Cologne, we focus on the area of leadership really in a couple ways. One is through apprenticing leaders. We have um, a ministry called the Aquila Initiative, which is really focused. It's a framework for training leaders in the local church. In our church, we have we have uh, two apprentices officially. We have, uh, well, three, I guess, but uh, I'll get to that. But two of them are right in our, right in our own church, uh, Lucas and, and Jonathan. And these are two people that we are uh, walking through uh, the training material in the context of the local church as we develop them to be a healthy you know, preachers, healthy pastors. And we hope to be healthy church planters one day by God's grace. But there's a less, I guess, intense way of approaching that, and that is just taking those people that we see God is calling to leadership and investing in them, bringing them together and walking them through the Word, and and also in the context of the church, giving them responsibility uh, to really see, you know, if the competency is there, but also if the character for leadership is there. And so it's not just hoping another leader just shows up. Uh, If you do that, you're going to wait a long time, especially in the international church, for someone to come pre-trained. Every now and then we get guys who show up who've served in the local church and they're here for a short time and we can put them to work and those are they're a blessing every time. But if you want if you want long-term sustainable uh, ministry, we really need to focus on who has God who has God given us right now that we should be investing in uh, for for leadership. Uh, and that's so that's those are I would say two two ways that we are focusing on training leaders, but how we're hoping also how we're hoping to develop develop that uh, this year and in the coming years. So I think, uh, and, and going back to the, the topic for today, uh, without developing more leaders, you're not going to uh, equip others for the work of the ministry, or you're gonna that work of training and equipping is gonna be left to a smaller and smaller group of people over mm-hmm. time. Which uh, this isn't the topic of this podcast today, but it leads to burnout, leads to people getting discouraged, leaving the ministry or changing churches because they just get because they've just put too much on themselves or lack of unity and so much lack of community. Absolutely. Yeah. So because you, you see it right, lots of individuals with all the right intentions. <laughs> No doubt. Yep. Going off and trying to do yep, ministry, and, and we see that a lot, and it's it's great that somebody does, but they're missing that community of people with other gifts coming alongside them and ultimately serving better and and, and yeah. encouraging the joy in that process is missing. So I think we're seeing maybe some of those symptomatic symptoms of of local churches. Not, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. We I come from where my my parents' church. It's also a rural, a rural church, very different than Cologne, mm-hmm. and they have a youth drain happening. You know, when, ki- when when children grow up, high school, they're going on to university in a big city, and that means they're leaving that area. And so, it's, yeah, we, mm-hmm. but we've got a great situation. We have we have the opposite. We're receiving all those people. We're re- it's it's yeah. great to see. Uh, it's good to see. We're just looking at some of the ministries that's going on, people stepping in and trying things, and growing. And I and. Yeah, and I think putting the expectation on people, I think, is important. Calling people to action uh, because it's easy to fall into, you know, the the pastor does the ministry mentality because so many people come from that background. But 
because we are such a small church and an international church, and we call ourselves the Church of the Revolving Door because people come and go so much, we have to equip and call people up to ministry fairly quickly. Not too fast, when, especially when it comes to leadership, but when it comes to participating and, and, and really living out the unity, it's something we, 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 we really challenge people with. And so uh, when a pastor is in a situation where he doesn't feel like his church really is his community, and a lot of pastors do that. They want to protect their family or they want to protect those, that role, and so they kind of take on a professional air where they're, you know, they have professional relationships in their church. They will counsel, they will preach, they will teach, they will lead a Sunday school or Bible study, but their friendships are kind of really relegated to people outside the church or other pastors uh, which those things are great. You want those kinds of relationships. But how important it is for pastors to see their church as their community. It is the local expression of the body of Christ. That's where you want to develop those relationships. And it's in those relationships that you're going to discern and discover who God is calling uh, to leadership. You're also going to see how people are called to other ministries and they're going to discover other gifts as well. Uh, it is the church that confirms people's giftedness. People don't come and say, well, pastor, I have the gift of teaching, so I want to teach a life group. It's like, well, the church will determine whether you, <laughs> well, will confirm whether you have that gift to teach or whether you someone says, I have the gift singing. of singing. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> that's another Nobody topic. else agrees. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's the church that confirms those gifts or really discovers, helps people discover those gifts. So when it comes to leadership, you just don't want to pick somebody random out of the group and say, okay, let's make this person an elder or a teacher. Uh, and, and you don't want to overlook someone that God has given that gift to. And you only discover those things in the context of living out that unity. I mean, Paul makes it very clear the imagery is every joint supplied. We're joined together, and, uh, and we're working together, and it's the role and responsibility of the elders to equip those people God has joined us to so that they are supplied with what, it, what is needed to, to work together and to, to build the church. And so leadership development is a big part of the ministry of a pastor. It should be. It's definitely a big part of the ministry that we desire uh, in our church as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, in personal case, I would never have picked myself as a pastor or a teacher. But it's when you when you just start to realize, hey, I, I, you know, in that when you get to know the people around you, you have those kind of like that culture of of study, meeting to study and know the word together, and you find yourself contributing, other people receiving, and you realize, or and maybe somebody else points it out, hey, you know. <laughs> The Spirit might have given you something beyond your own talents and your own, you know, kind of mm. natural abilities. And I certainly, I certainly experienced that myself. Yeah. Yeah, I actually remember that conversation really well. <laughs> when I told you that uh, you're going to be the next life group leader here. <laughs> Wild <What? horses. laughs> This is it. Well, so, uh, and I think, you know, and you're not going to, sometimes, you know, the pastor can get it wrong, too. I really think you're called to this. Let's try it out. And you discover, oh, no, that's not you. I remember early on when our church moved to, uh, we, we voted in a new constitution and, and doctrinal statement with elder, an elder-led structure of leadership. 
And then we went through a process of calling a bunch of men who were teaching the word or we saw as had gifts and qualifications for elders. And we began to work through with this group of eight or 10 guys. And within six to eight months, that group had whittled down essentially to the group of elders that we have today. Not because we discovered any kind of sin or uh, any problems, but because we just really discerned through that process that there are those who are God is calling and equipping for leadership. And um, most of those guys are, well, at least some of those guys are still in our church today. Some have moved away, but they have found other places where they're serving. And it was through that process that um, in, in community that we discovered who really had the biblical qualifications and who also had that conviction that they were called to that role of elder. Uh, in our church. And so, yeah, community is so essential for training and equipping, but also discovering who God is raising up for that next generation of leadership. Well, I think uh, we have done our due diligence here on this first uh, podcast, and uh, it is our hope in the future that as we go through Scripture uh, as a church, both uh, from the pulpit and in our life groups, that this will be another resource for for people to study God's word and to unpack unpack scriptures so we understand really how that word or how the word of God applies to our life and so uh, we look forward to developing more of these and hope that they are truly what we hope they are which is a, a resource for understanding and applying God's word all right until next time God bless and look forward to our next episode of through the Bible together with the International Baptist Church of Cologne Thank you for joining us today. For more info about our local church community and ministries, please visit our website, www.ibc-cologne.com.